Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Lost Broadcast with your pals Hannah and Esther. As always, I'm Hannah. I'm Esther. And we have for you here a show about uh, TV shows that tried and failed to be the next Lost. Uh, we're delighted to have you back for episode two, which will be covering Surface. Yes. Uh, if you don't know uh, what a lost alike is, we're going to be using mm-hmm. that term a lot. If for some reason you're listening to this and you haven't listened to episode one, just go listen to episode one. Um, this is a monthly show, so you have like plenty of time to catch up. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it explains it explains all of it. Um, on our first episode, we talked about Invasion, which was the lost alike that premiered uh right after Lost's first season mm-hmm. and it premiered on ABC which is the network that was airing Lost uh, today we're going to be talking about Surface which was NBC's answer to Lost yep yep um so we're, we're in part two of our trilogy of initial episodes about like the 2005 era failed Lost follow-ups yeah and this one this one failed harder uh <laughs> yeah probably because it had fewer episodes it, it only actually had 15 episodes mm-hmm. um I think Invasion had 18, which 22. is... Did it have a full 22? It had the full 22, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, uh, yeah, so so we're, we're going to be going uh, uh, in terms of like an accelerating pace of failure with yeah. these first three. Our next one only has 13 episodes, but we're talking about Surface today. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, these these shows, it, it clearly became apparent to the, to the network much faster that this wasn't going to work, which is weird because honestly... I mean, we'll get into it. It's a better show than Invasion in a lot of ways. Not a good show. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, it's better. Better show, more successful show. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, we can talk we can talk about the ratings, too, because there's some crazy stuff there, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that with Invasion, it's one of, like, the clearest cut cases of, like, guys, we don't need a, a two hours to discuss why this thing failed. Like, it's very <laughs> obvious sort of job. Um, Surface, I think it's a little more interesting to discuss why this sucker just like completely vanished it's not a train wreck in the way that invasion is like a fascinating like i mean i don't know surface kind of gets there in the last couple episodes it takes some very strange turns yeah but it is not the sort of like holy shit this is a nightmare in every respect (laughs) yeah um it it it, there there are things that work about this show there are things that we actually really enjoyed about this show Mm -hmm. um so let's just get right into talking about like what the show is. Yeah. Uh, the whole deal with Surface. Yes. Is that, um, well, here, uh, I think I think the best way to explain it will be if I read off some of the actual episode titles. Yeah. That are listed on Wikipedia. We have no way of <laughs> confirming that these are real because like IMDb just lists all the t- episodes as like episode 1.14. There is no other source that claims that these are the episode <laughs> titles. They're not cited on Wikipedia, but they are on Wikipedia. They have not been taken down. Someone put these here. So we're going to just assume that this is what the episodes were actually called. If you are the one person who has the full DVD box set of Surface, then please, we are begging you, send a threatening DM to at Bugman underscore Spencer. That is the most reliable <laughs> way of getting in contact with us. <laughs> That's our PR guy. Um, yeah. So, okay, so to explain what Surface is about, episode one is called There's Something Strange Going On in the World's Oceans. Episode two, The Mystery of the Ocean is Now on Land. (laughs) (laughs) Episode three, Things Are Heating Up Under the Ocean. Episode four, 
it is time to track these unidentified species. And then they go into more normal ones yeah. for some reason. It's very strange. Just like countdown, run away. Yeah. On the run. Race against time. Yeah. Like really normal ones. Then they do, in episode 10, they do go back. Episode 10 is called, and this is 100% at true. Laura and Rich return from plunge to the ocean floor, dash, with no boat in sight. You're never going to believe what happens in that one. All right, so that's the full plot of Surface. So, so <laughs> Let's yeah. move on to discussing the creators. <laughs> so, no. So, the thing with Surface is yeah. there are there is a new species of ocean creature that's being discovered um, in these sort of two parallel plots, and one of them deals with... Well, it's a little more than two. It's, it's, it's a very strange and a Lost-alike sense because when it starts, it feels like there are all these, like... Yeah. Like, like four plot lines, basically. But... Two of them intersect immediately and just become one plot line. One of them ends very quickly. One of them ends almost immediately. So it's really just two that it's swapping between for most of the run. So let's let's, uh, zoom out just a little bit and give this sort of like log line, right? Where it's like surface, one hour, sci-fi, monster, adventure, drama. Um, It follows basically characters who have their lives turned upside down by encounters with this new mysterious species that's coming out of the oceans that esther mentioned right the intended scope of the mystery that we're looking for is just sort of like what's going on with these creatures because it's like it's very obvious from episode one that there are creatures right like we see them on screen they're not playing their cards close to their chest as far as like is there something in the water it's like no there is yeah um they're they're not doing this sort of thing where it's like what are the mysteries of the island? Is there something creepy about this island? I mean, one of the big problems with the surface is like, it's not clear for a very long time why there's a mystery at all. Yeah. Because it just seems for a while like, oh, there's new creatures. (laughs) And it's not (laughs) like, you're not really being prompted to ask, like, where did they come from? Because you just think like, I don't know, the ocean. Like, they're they're in the ocean and we found them. Like, I don't, and eventually it's revealed that there's more going on. But I think one of the big problems with the surface is really like, it doesn't make it clear immediately what the actual mystery is, except that there is like kind of a plot line about like a guy who's trying to cover it up. But that really is, I mean, even by the end of the show, we don't really know what that was about. Okay. This is fucking me up now. What's going on? Because like, I was thinking that, um, one of the, like the structural things about the show is that like, they, uh, tend to have for the first few episodes, like the opening and closing scenes, not have anything to do with the main characters, but yes. just be these little like monster movie vignettes where like a creature shows up. And they're the kind of awesome. Like, like they're ep- kind of awesome. Episode two ends with like just some people out on a boat and then a big like monster jaw just comes up and fucking smashes them. Um, okay, but like the first episode ends with like like a meteor shower or something over the ocean. Just a bunch of these like strange lights over the ocean. And I think that they want you to think that it's aliens. It turns out not to be aliens. It's not aliens, no. But what the fuck was that if it wasn't aliens? I don't remember that, to be honest. I believe you, but I also believe that they definitely, in the early run of this show... I mean, the conclusion that they come to of where the creatures came from is so fucking bizarre, and we'll get to that later. So it does maybe seem like they did not know when they started the show Mm -hmm. what the mystery was going to be. Yeah, so I mean, like, if if we're getting a little far afield here, it's because the show gets a little far afield. And it's it's very clear that, like... 
they want the trappings of a lost style mystery, but like they kind of have no idea what to what they actually need to do to make that happen. Exactly, and and that that shows as well as we'll get into. Like the show is uniquely bad at uh, reveals. Basically, Lost was like really good at like the reveal moment of like yeah, you know, we're ending an episode on a big cliffhanger, and the, even if you always the like Michael Giacchino like, like brass things where it's like. exactly (laughs) exactly like even if you've never seen the show before you know like oh my god that must have been that must be a huge deal whatever they just showed (laughs) yeah um service is insanely bad at it like this thing i described a second ago about like the big creature jumping up and swallowing them (laughs) in the middle of that shot it starts to just fade out to just fades to black with no music or anything. Like it's like you're watching, you know, sometimes you're watching a movie on cable and it'll just fade to commercial break in the middle of a scene. Yeah. Like they do that for the shot of the fucking enormous, you know, kaiju creature eating a boat. So you, you guys knew you were on network TV. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't even going to commercial. It's the last scene of the episode. It just yeah. ends. Um, no, this show is so bad at, at the reveal and it leads to a situation where like, even by the end of the show, we, we, we weren't sure like what we were supposed to be invested in mm-hmm. with regard to like the big plot twist. Yeah. Like, is, is this a, is this a twist? Is this a reveal? What is I can this? tell you right away that we're going to do a really bad job of like discussing what the actual mystery is. Right. It's so fucking convoluted and like poorly laid out. And again, if you know what the mystery is, we want to hear from you, right? Please uh, go to Spencer's next birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> the more guns you bring, the better. <laughs> Um, why don't we talk about the character? Cause like the yeah. plot of the show is pretty, uh, as you say, pretty far afield of like what the premise is, mm-hmm. like what the actual mechanics of the plot are. So there's really two storylines. Uh, the first one starts with, uh, Dr. Laura Daughtry. She's played by Lake Bell. We love her. She's the best thing about the show. Lake Bell is so like genuinely so good, so charming and weird. Um, and like quirky. She's the best lost like character so far by a huge margin. Yes. Um, she could like punch a hole through Jesse from Invasion, <laughs> um, and like he was the the reigning champion. She just like took the belt off of him in thirty <laughs> seconds. She yeah, she's just like it's just like a really good performance and a really mm-hmm. likable character. And honestly, like oh several, well I don't know about several, maybe two, two. <laughs> yeah, you mean two? Two of the characters on this show are like really yeah. likable and have great chemistry in a way that's like I like watching them. Yeah. It was not true of Invasion for anyone for sure. Um, but Dr. Laura Daci is an oceanographer. Um, she is a single mom. Um, so there's your divorce again. Uh, the reason for the divorce is different than it is in Invasion. And see if you can pick up on some of the reasoning why. Um, but yeah, she's just like this very sort of just like intrepid scientist type who like wants to get to the bottom of what's going on, not out of like a paranoiac sense, but out of like a genuinely furthering the scientific conversation sense um she's also like esther mentioned extremely weird and fidgety in a lot of ways um she's like very very endearingly so yeah it's not like a like a a a twee or like a cloying type of like you know nerdiness basically it really is it is really really endearing yeah she is absolutely incredible and um you know, this might be a bit of a controversial part of her episode, but I need to remind people that Esther and I are both allowed to say this. <laughs> Lake Bell, one of our greatest treasures in Hollywood, which is a cis actress who can pass as trans. Shout out to her. 
Shout out to Mila Jovovich. Shout out to Chloe Savigny. Um, you are national, international treasures. Three of our best. I yeah. mean, not, you know, no joke. Absolutely. Um, so Laura's, Laura's whole storyline pretty quickly interacts with the next character we're going to get to. But basically her whole thing is like, I have proof of the creatures. I want to show it, but there's like a shadowy conspiracy that's trying to like yeah. discredit her basically. And then like the, the proof that she has keeps getting like destroyed or dismissed. And so she keeps trying to find better proof. It's like, yeah, that's kind of like the cycle for her plot. Yeah. Uh, so she meets up with Richard Connolly. Uh, who's played by Jay Ferguson, who mm-hmm. was uh, Stan on Mad Men. Yeah. One of the other most lovable characters on television. He's ju- he just does it. That's his, yeah. that's his thing. Um, Richard's whole thing is basically... So if you go to IMDb for this show and you look at the trivia, it's like, did you know? <laughs> Richard Connolly, the character, is inspired by uh, the character for the main character of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I, you, I did know that... <laughs> <laughs> because if you watch the show, it's just fucking wholesale ripped off Close yeah. Encounters. His, his entire plot line. He is a guy, he's like, he's introduced as kind of like a hick fisherman, mm-hmm. but he turns out to be an insurance adjuster, which felt very much to be like, all right, the network bought the pilot and we're going to change what this character's deal is. Yeah, it's like still like kind of, you know, like a, a redneck Louisiana insurance adjuster, but like he does, <laughs> they, they have them down yeah. there. There's all sorts of like, gator accidents that you need to (laughs) understand the payouts of um but yeah no he's like laura encounters the creatures first by like doing a dive in her research submersible and like you know one of them comes out from like a geothermal vent rich encounters the creatures because like he and his shithead brother are like doing some like underwater spear fishing and then his His brother tries because these creatures most of them are enormous like godzilla size and his brother sees what and tries to spear it but he just get he like spears it and the the monster just kind of like carries him away into the depths yeah and he's never seen again he's fucking done (laughs) um but they've both had these like encounters with these monsters under the sea um and so like laura's from like the Bay Area, I think, yeah. somewhere in California. Well, we we don't know actually because <laughs> so the 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 version of the show that we got for some reason it was entirely in English, but the title the the like chirons that would come up were yeah. in French. We think it was from like maybe like a French Canadian broadcast. So every time a title would come up, it would say like California, California, <laughs> or Louisiana. So for cute. all we know, this show could take place anywhere. Yeah. We don't speak French. <laughs> if you're a friend speaker harass please <laughs> we need to know we need to know where the show takes place um but richard's whole thing is like it's not just that he's trying to avenge his brother mm-hmm. it's that he's having like close encounters visions of these as he puts them holes don't call him that <laughs> <laughs> yeah he keeps seeing holes he's like drawing pictures of holes under holes under the water what what Esther means here are like underwater whirlpools and stuff. No, he doesn't you know, call just them like that. Vortexes. No, he doesn't call them that. He says holes. <sighs> the thing is, the dialogue <laughs> is so perfectly written that like you could just imagine that he's a real pervert. You know, yeah. it's just like it, it, it finally cuts to his perspective of visions, <laughs> and they're just beautiful women floating underwater. Yeah, it's like rich. Don't um, call them that. Yeah, every episode he'll say something like, you know, I'm obsessed with these holes. Or like, Laurel will ask him, like, are you still seeing those holes? <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> we didn't have a lot to work with during some of the stretches of the show, so we were snickering at that. Yeah. 
But um, I, Laura and Rich meet up in episode two, I think. And yeah. they immediately become just their storyline. They are pursuing the truth together. Yeah. And it's it's not bad. Like, they have great chemistry. They, they have delightful chemistry. One thing that, like, I was really pleasantly surprised by is that it would be so easy, especially with Rich doing, like, the close encounters of the third kind deal, is to have him be the crazy one and then to have... Laura be like the the serious but also anxious woman who's just like, oh, Rich, oh, I don't know about this. You're scaring me. But in reality, what happens is that they take turns being the crazy one because they're both really (laughs) weird. They're both really stubborn. They swap off every episode pretty much. And it's great. They have a great dynamic. It's really fun because one episode, uh, you know, uh, Rich will be having the visions and Laura's like, please, we need to focus on fighting the creatures. And then the next episode, Laura is like doing some conspiracy thing. And Rich is like, now, Laura, I'm telling you, we got to find these creatures. We got to (laughs) focus. Yeah. (laughs) They're great. Um, But that's only half the show. Yeah. The other half of the show is pretty bad. (laughs) Mm, We got Miles Barnett, who is introduced. He's like a, a teenager high schooler. In North Carolina, coastal North Carolina, introduced as the uncool wakeboarder <laughs> after a fateful wakeboarding accident, like a very minor, just like wipeout, um, he encounters some eggs of these creatures and takes one of them home and gets himself a little monster buddy from it. Yeah. He names it Nim, which is short for Nimrod, which is the kind of thing that kids were always saying in 2005, yeah. as far as I can remember. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of like really uh, desperate needle drops in the Miles. Oh plotline. my god! Do there's I have Beverly Hills and Sugar? We're going down. <laughs> they play Sugar. We're going down like ten minutes into the pilot. No, it's literally the first scene. That's right. It is. <laughs> so they play Beverly Hills ten minutes into the pilot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Miles is it's E. T. It's his yes. plot is E. T. It is him and his even more annoying friend because like Miles is like nerdy. He sort of speaks in like this voice all the time. Yeah. He's like um, live action Millhouse. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very Millhouse and he has his own Millhouse. He is he is <laughs> like if Millhouse had a worse Millhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagining that there were like webisodes where like the redheaded secondary Millhouse is like a tertiary <laughs> Millhouse. <laughs> this show needed an injection of Bart desperately. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean he he just, just trying to hide this little nim that he's got this little sea monster which is by the way they show it an impressive amount i have to say yeah this show invasion because it aired on abc looked like it cost five dollars it was so cheap they had no budget because all the money was going to lost season two yeah nbc had no lost season two so they could spend a lot of money on surface and you know the effects don't hold up obviously it was 2005 television but they show this fucking, you know, lizard thing a lot in yeah, every episode. They, it looks pretty expressive a lot of time, honestly. Yeah. Like, um, there are some hiccups that we'll get to later, which I mean, are, are very, very funny. But yeah, moments. it's like, you know, it's, it's him and his like adorable CGI lizard monster. Um, and like, frankly, most of this whole first act of episodes is just repeatedly, oh no, is Nim going to get found by Miles' parents? Uh, he didn't get found by Miles' parents. All right, see you next episode. It is unbelievably... You know, a lot of the... I think something we'll probably run into a lot on these Lost Alikes, I'm guessing, is like uh, showrunners saying like, oh, if only we'd had more episodes to tell this story. <laughs> like the showrunners of this, we'll get to some interviews with them later, but they yeah. were like, oh, well, they cut us from... You know, we wanted it to be a 22-episode season. But like the first half of this show, 
every Miles plot in every episode is like, I gotta hide the creature. What are we, where are we gonna put the creature? Will yeah. we, we put it in the playhouse? Will the creature go in? No, we won't. Can we put it in the river? No, the creature came back. We gotta hide the creature from mom and dad. It's so repetitive. It's like mind numbing. I think what's especially funny to me about the the way that the like lizard plots are conceived for the first like part of the season is that they would basically be unchanged if it was just a normal lizard that he found. Well, that's that's. That's the thing is eventually when the more people start to see the lizard, they're not like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? They're like, now, Miles, I'm sick of this lizard <laughs> you have. Like, I, I'm done. I, I'm not interested in the lizard. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. Yeah. They're just like, Miles, you needed a second interest besides the lizard. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you can keep the lizard. Just do a second thing, please. <laughs> um, we're still talking about the characters, aren't we? Uh, there's not much to talk about here because we have, um, in addition to these guys, Dr. Alexander Serko. Yes. Who is uh, awful. He, well, he, he, he initially seems like he's going to be the, like, the third branch of storyline. And yeah. every time he was on screen, we just, like, shut off. He is this Croatian guy, I think, who is, um, like, a slightly more established scientist than Dr. Laura. Um like, the government is working with him directly while also trying to shut Laura out. Um, he has, like, these government liaisons. He's brought as an expert and all that. And the first several episodes of him being in there are just him, like, saying... He, he is the worst fucking line deliveries of all time. It's very sleepy, but also very stilted. It's, like, the way that I, I described it is, like... Um, commercial voiceovers for like saturday morning cartoons where he'll just be like you know this cinnamon toast crunch why is it kids love it it's a little to me he is he sounds like every adult in a cereal commercial yeah he's like he's like if charlie brown's parents if you could start to make out the words <laughs> but a <laughs> uh, haunted charlie brown episode creepy pasta <laughs> Where you can start to make out their words and they're like talking in really bad Croatian accents <laughs> about the creature. That's my that's my uh, epic crack.com fan theory about Charlie Brown is actually takes place in like, Croatia and yeah. Croatia, but like after a nuclear disaster. And that's why he's that's why Charlie Brown is bald. Fuck. Um. Uh, all right. Uh, welcome to the crack.com. Welcome to the crack.com podcast. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, so this guy sucks, um, but he is very, very present throughout the show a lot of time because, like, Laura and Rich are investigating the creatures, but, like, their whole deal is that they're defined by, like, always being just out of reach of getting more information. Serco has more information, and he'll expose it to the camera very readily about it. So he's kind of, like, our inroads to learning a little bit more about what's going on while Laura and Rich are still, like fumbling and struggling against the conspiracy mm -hmm. that conspiracy is represented by uh agent davis lee um what's he an agent of oh man uh would you believe we'd never really learned <laughs> we never figured it out they never said he's just an agent yeah he is um like for the first few episodes really very little to him he's just sort of kind of uh reasonable but not that reasonable he's calm he's thoughtful but not super helpful he just seems like the guy because he's in circo's plot line yeah and he just seems like the guy who's you know circo will be like you know but oh, this is a new form of life he's and there to like, receive the endless what exposition are you, what are you talking about doctor <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> 
What are you talking about? I saw that guy two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about, Doctor? Cinnamon Toast Crunch is delicious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is bringing the bro. I swear, I see this animal before. <laughs> energy. Um, played by Ian Anthony Dale, um, who I don't know much about as an actor, but. Uh, looking at his Wikipedia page, you can confirm that he is in at least three Lost Alike, so we're going to be seeing this guy a lot. Very Dillage. handsome. Gives a good performance with the very little he's given. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him in better times, so to speak. This has been the first episode of Ian Anthony Dale Watch. <laughs> Fuck off. Our newest sub-podcast. Um, and then, uh, okay, let's get to the rest of the characters. Oh, you're telling me there's no other character? <laughs> no, that's the weird, that's the weird thing about uh, Surface as a Lost Lake is there's not an ensemble cast. No, that's what that's one of the main like obviously you talk about that not every Lost Lake will adhere to every single rule, yeah. but that's a pretty major one. And it's funny because like we say, it seems like there's going to be lots of branching narratives, mm-hmm. but then two of them just join into one, and the Circo one. Just about like four or five episodes in. Yeah. Circo just... D- Davis Lee just hits him with a fucking car. Davis Lee <laughs> runs him over with a car and he's just dead. And they never talk about him again. No, I remember when that happened. It was being like, oh, they're going to like put him in a hospital and have like some shadowy agents monitoring him. No, like, I thought that he was going to be like, oh, well, he must have powers from the creature and he yeah. can survive. <laughs> no, it just... <laughs> he just gets run over by a car and he's fucking gone. <laughs> he's, that's it for the whole story. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at that point, uh, Agent Lee switches from being like that kind of blandly helpful government agent to like all of a sudden being like the guy who black bags people. Yeah, right? he's like a man in black at this point, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, every other character that shows up, it's like, you know, Laura's ex-boyfriend, uh, Rich's wife, whose marriage is crumbling, yeah. you know, uh, Miles' love- parents, Miles' sister. Can we talk, by the way, I love on shows like this when they set up two characters who are very obviously going to end up together you know i.e laura and rich but Mm -hmm. they're both in relationships so like you're just waiting for each of those relationships individually to inevitably fall apart so that the characters who are obviously going to get together can just do it already yeah we're just like uh uh hollering at the screen like fuck yeah rich treat your wife badly (laughs) alienate her yeah Make like, her want to leave. Call her on the phone again. Be weirder this time. <laughs> Say holes more. <laughs> You're not saying it enough yet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's really just Lauren Rich is the A plot and Miles is the B plot. Yeah. And occasionally it'll cut to Lee doing things that we don't know what they are or why he's doing them. Mm-hmm. But the, the, every other character is just sort of like a relative or connection of some kind of like one of the those main three you know exactly and it's basically just close encounters and et for like the first third of this of the series yep um we had so little to talk about with the et plot because again we said that it's it's they don't vary it up they don't do things where he's like you know guys uh, some kids are getting bullied at the school we need to use <laughs> et to help which is like obviously what you would do in a show like this if yeah. there was like the new E.T. adventure. Cause, yeah, because Nim has powers. He has like electricity. He has, I mean, frankly, he has unspecified degrees yeah. of powers, but it's fine. It's season one. Yeah. They'll develop it more in season two. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but they don't do any of that. Um, no. So we got so just mind-numbingly bored with that plot that the main thing that was holding our attention is that like Miles is like a rich suburban kid, right? And next to the pool... 
there's like a small structure. And at first we thought it was like a large dog house, but the family doesn't have a dog. Then we thought it was a pool house, but like most pool houses don't have like four walls. This one has four walls and a door. And there's no pool stuff in there. There's like a couple of pool supplies in there, but it's clearly not where they're putting most of it. We were then told that this is a playhouse, but there's two stories in it. And like the daughter is like 18 years old at this point. So she clearly hasn't been using it for the longest time. (laughs) So we were just going on this like endless mystery of like, what the fuck is this building? Why is it so big? (laughs) Why does it seem like it's bigger on the inside than on the outside? (laughs) Miles, if the show had gone on long enough, Miles' family would have lost everything in the recession. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they would have had to go live in the playhouse. This is very much just like, yeah, think your lucky stars that like the, the monsters are invading. Cause like, I'm sorry, that dad like has, uh, you know, 2008 financial crisis, murder, suicide vibes all over him. <laughs> he has all of the family's money in Enron. Yeah. Like still in 2005. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Uh, yeah. But the, the, um, I don't know, fucking what happens next? Because they, uh, then there's a whole thing with Laura and Rich. Um, submarine Quest. Yeah, Submarine Quest. They spend like two episodes building a submarine. Mm-hmm. And then they spend like two episodes going to the bottom of the ocean and taking video of the creatures. But then they get stuck at the bottom of the ocean and they both start to go insane. But then they manage to come back from the ocean. They return from the plunge to the ocean floor, dash with no boat in sight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a very big monster just sort of pushes them back up to the surface. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, those episodes, I think, were quite good from that perspective, what was yeah. going on with the Lauren Rich stuff. It's like, no again, complaints. both of them take turns being like kind of the strong one and versus the crazy one. Um, they both have like, they're, again, you have to have... As a rule for Lost the Lake so far, somebody who is more a man of science and somebody who is more a man of faith. Yes. Laura is a scientist. Rich, you know, he's like a, a Louisiana redneck. Um, he's not like a, a religious, he's not portrayed as like a religious zealot or anything, but like he does seem to believe that there is something more spiritual going on with these creatures, yeah. right? It's just not developed in any way, which is really, I mean, yeah. the, the whole Rich plot, if you're, if you're wondering, if you're listening to this hoping like, I can't wait for them to explain why he has psychic visions of the holes and the creatures. Mm, that was not a e- season two style reveal. <laughs> it's like, yeah, not even close. And it's just kind of, I mean, it's hard. It's one reason why it's hard to watch the lost likes in retrospect, because yeah. so many of them were just like, you know, it was like fucking Wolf of Wall Street at every uh, TV studio. It's like, we're going to make 17 seasons of all these shows. We're going to have so many mysteries. Yeah. It's like, no, you're 15 episodes. You're fucking, we're cutting your head off. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I got all I wanted out of Invasion. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't feel like there were any lingering threads for me to follow up on. I feel like there. I got much more than I ever could have asked for out of Invasion. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, they, they have their plunge to the bottom of the ocean. They come back. There's like a whole ass episode where they're just legitimately shooting on open water, which yeah. had to have been hell on the budget. Um, that 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 was. I mean, there there are shots in that that do seem to be uh, on in, a soundstage, in, yeah. on a soundstage in a pool. But a lot of it is clearly just like on open water. Which again, so much money they spent <laughs> yeah. on this show, it's insane. Um, that's probably the main reason why it didn't get picked up for season two. Even yeah, though- I was going to say like, ooh, put that clue away for lady detectives. <laughs> <laughs> it had really good ratings. Like, I mean, maybe we could talk about this later, but like 
this show premiered with 11 million viewers mm-hmm. and went out with about 10 million viewers. And it was just consistent. Yeah. You know, it had and an audience. It had to get put on a hiatus for the Winter Olympics because mm-hmm. it was airing on NBC. Um, that didn't seem to make a dent in it at no. all. It maintained its audience. <laughs> and so it's like you look at a show like, I mean, we t- talk all the time about like shows used to get canceled averaging like 25 million viewers. <laughs> yeah. Just because like the economy of, of Nielsen ratings was completely different pre like streaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like. The only reason a show like this wouldn't get picked up for season two is because it probably cost $500 billion to make it in 2005. Yeah, and you know that they were just being like, all right, uh, NBC executives, here's what we've got for you. Um, way more effects shots. <laughs> way more water. Well, we're um, going to need so much more water. Uh, we we are going to have five times as many animations for the creatures uh, because they have like an intricate sign language now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we need some, we're going to destroy some cities, uh, with the creatures <laughs> yeah. too. Just pick one. Just like, pick one. I mean, we're not picky, you know, yeah. obviously you can pick the city. Um, yeah. And then we get to act three. Yeah. This is where, uh, things go off the rails a little bit. They do. So the Spielberg, uh, influence really, uh, shifts here in some very interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Laura and Rich plot line that was Close Encounters becomes Jurassic Park. Yep. And the Miles plotline that was E.T. becomes Jaws. Yeah. Uh, like, really explicitly. Esther, um, do you have any commonalities between the four directors of those four movies we've been referencing? All four directors? Let me think. Um, well, one of them was... Actually, two of them were Steven Spielberg. Jewish guy. Jewish, uh, you know, three... You know, what's, you know what's actually funny? Jewish guy. All four of them <laughs> were directed by Steven Spielberg. That's so... Interesting. Yeah. The safe contains many mysteries, Doctor. I was the one that saw it. A new vertebrate. Critics call it a show with some Spielbergian tricks of suspense. AP is reporting that the lake collapsed into a sinkhole. You don't look too surprised. I'm not. I've been expecting it. Own the intriguing series packed with explosive special effects and deleted scenes. Presented in Dolby 5.1 surround sound. Surface, the complete series, coming to DVD. I mean, I think that we're starting to understand some things. For example, like um, the divorce stuff, frankly. Uh, yeah, they just got that like handed down to them, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's like, look, if you don't have much loss to actually go off of, then probably what you're going to be doing to draw your influences on the same way that we said that like some of these shows probably were on people's desks already as like failed pilots or failed never picked up scripts to be like the next x-files yeah and now they're the next lost right similarly it's like well if the show's been around as an idea for that long you obviously wouldn't be drawing from the influences of Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse you'll be drawing from the influences of somebody like Spielberg yeah, and it's, you know, they thought it was going to be, like, a family adventure show in the which way Which is that, like, fucking weird. Which is bizarre, because it's real. like, you, you, I cannot imagine a 10-year-old sitting through a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just bizarre. So let's, let's get more into it. The whole Jurassic Park aspect of this, which is that Laura and Rich sort of uncover, they, you know, not so much that they uncover the conspiracy as much as they uncover that there was a conspiracy the whole time. Yeah. Um, what they do after they get back from the ocean floor... With no boat in sight. With no boat in sight. Is eventually they get, like, picked up, returned to a safe place. And they have the footage. They have the footage, and they upload it first to, like, 
like freakylinks.com or yeah, something. Yeah, so they take it to like a copy shop to get a VHS made and the guy they talk to there says, oh, you got to put this on Strange Film. <laughs> What's on Strange Film? Oh, uh, they got, it's a direct quote, they got George Bush cartoons and Cat with Two Tongues <laughs> on Strange Film. Yeah, he says, oh, you want a viral video. You want <laughs> a viral video, yeah. Explaining like what, they, what they're trying to do. <laughs> it's like, oh man, 2005 is such an innocent time. Um, but they yeah. don't, they, they, that's not where the real audience is, is Strange mm-hmm. Film. Where, where do they, where do they, where do they send the footage? Countdown with Keith Olbermann. <laughs> they have a segment that we get to see regarding Countdown with Keith Olbermann. <laughs> And Laura is the most beautiful woman of all time on this. <laughs> There's like B-roll that you see on the, the like show within a show segment where like she is very clearly trying hard not to make eye contact with the camera. <laughs> um, there's like a part where they bring in like the scientific expert to contradict her and she's just watching him and just like sort of nodding reassuringly to herself and just being like, I address this. I address this. <laughs> she is the most adorable, charming yeah. woman of all time. It's a great, it's, it, it's so funny that they used a real TV show, a countdown with Keith Olbermann, which by the way, the discovery of monsters under the ocean made number one on the countdown that night. Yeah. It was the most important story of the evening. But then Keith immediately is like, ah, oh, that sounds like a crazy whore to me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess my producer's probably this dumb bitch to talk about some whales or something. <laughs> Yeah, um, and like they, they do discredit her again, right? Like they, yeah. they bring on other experts to be like, ah, oh, she clearly photoshopped it. Um, <laughs> you know, they they uh, have, which is so funny in two thousand five. It's like you didn't have that technology. No, yet. sorry, <laughs> you could not say, oh yeah, she just edited this. Yeah, they had already made her lose her job by being like, oh, um, you know, uh, uh, she plagiarized her like uh, dissertation or whatever. Um, there's very briefly like a plot line in the first act where it's like she's trying to find a job so that she can like support her kid and whatnot. But she just like gives the kid to her ex and is like, all right, I'm done with that for now. (laughs) They clearly like were like, guys, we don't actually have a lot of juice for this struggling single mom plot line. Let's just have her like go like on this, you know, cross country. They just gave up on it. It really is, it's a deeply like uh, 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 network metal show in a lot of ways. You just yeah. very much get that vibe of like every time a plot line is like randomly dropped and abandoned and shifted to something else. Like, oh, the executives were clearly like, oh, you can you just like, can you do something else? In a way that even Invasion, like, you know, the, the network execs at ABC were probably like, who fucking cares? Like, we have lost. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to fucking worry about what they're doing on Invasion. But if you're trying to make your ne- your network's version of Lost, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're going to, like, be all over every aspect of it. And it's going to lead to a show that is frequently changing what it's about in some very strange ways. Yeah. Which, eventually, it changes into Jurassic Park. Yes. Because, uh... After this, like, embarrassing interview, she does get contacted by this, like, researcher who had been part of, like, the team that you first think discovered the monsters a while ago. But then it turns out they created the monsters a while ago. Mm-hmm. And it's all about genetic engineering. They mentioned Dolly the Sheep. It's very, like, ooh, stem cells. Those are a hot button issue in the mid-2000s. <laughs> Let's talk about those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that there's this, like big shadowy company uh that is like developing the monsters for some unknown purpose you know and what is the company's <laughs> what is the company's main oh, source they, of income they invented ssris yes 
they they do you know you know how like Esther loves the EMP electromagnetic pulse thing where or she'll like whenever a character on a TV show or a movie says EMP there will always be another character who's like electromagnetic pulse it knocks out all electricity in the area and whenever someone says EMP on a podcast Esther will chime in and uh, say exactly electromagnetic what she just pulse. said yeah um, they do that for SSRIs yeah <laughs> it's so good it's also like I I is this like a Scientology joint at this point? Are we getting into like psychiatry and industry of death? Where it's like it gets it bumps up against that because even at the end of the show, it's not clear why the company that makes that invented antidepressants also invented ocean creatures. <laughs> <laughs> like they drop the finale of this show drops so much fucking season two tease on you. Yeah, that, that is just like fuck. They're never gonna answer that. Like the guy who just seemed like a dope who was like Rich's friend who went out on the boat. To like drop the submersible, the boat that was later nowhere in sight. Yeah, um, he's Laura's ex. That w- did you already forget that? Oh, that's fuck. That's right. It was. <laughs> but it turns out we he watched a show a week ago. He turns out he was working for the company the whole time because in the finale, Rich is just like getting rushed past a computer in like the facility, and he's like, "Hey, that's my friend." Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it, it, it has this like computer readout where it says like this guy, employee of the month. <laughs> and Rich is just like, "I had beers with that guy on a boat." <laughs> Um, and like it later, I mean, we're skipping ahead a little, but like mm-hmm. there's a scene in the finale where they're trying to escape the facility and there's a scientist like sitting on the floor with drawing an infinity symbol in the dirt and each of his shoes are in each part of the infinity symbol and he's like speaking yeah. cryptically and it's like, damn, I bet that meant something. Yeah. <laughs> For season two. They, they, they clearly had no idea of what was going on with the finale. Um, it was, it was oddly both rushed and stretched. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, we learn a lot of conspiracy revelation stuff really rapid fire in the last few episodes about, like, the origin of the monsters. We see that they were kind of, like, um, potentially grown from, like, this sea orchid, like, some kind of rare jellyfish that was found in, like, an Arctic expedition, like, 50 years ago (laughs) by a guy who is clearly going to be the main villain of season two. Yeah, Kessler. Yeah, Alger Kessler. Um, and then also the guy that Agent Lee was cloned from. Cause That's they also... right, because they, they're there's they watching the footage of the, the Kessler expedition from 50 years ago. A guy just turns around, and it's Agent Lee. But how can that be? So they determine that he must be a clone. But again... I would have just gone from, like, you get creature powers and you can become yeah. immortal. No, that's just how, like, he aged. He just, like... <laughs> He just looks good. I don't know what yeah, to tell you. Yeah, he just like, you know, he's an Asian guy. So he just like looks at them and is just like, oh, really? Like white know. people can't imagine someone aging well. <laughs> <laughs> like in five years, you're both going to be covered in wrinkles <laughs> with your backs out. It's like, no, this is just like what normal people look like, asshole. <laughs> but it's so funny because they're so mean to him about being a clone. <laughs> yeah. Rich is like, starts beating him up and he's like, you don't even have a soul. You're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love that double whammy of you don't have a soul and you're going to hell. That's right. That's so cool. <laughs> just implies that like hell is full of like inanimate objects and animals. <laughs> All the toys from Toy Story went to hell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, God. Anyway, um, yeah. Again, a lot of rapid fire stuff that was clearly going to get paid off in season two and thus never did get paid off. But then there's, so we should talk about the Miles stuff, right? Yeah. Because Miles becomes Jaws. Mm-hmm. So after like seven episodes of, of, remember, seven of 13. 
15. 7 to 15, you're right, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Which are just like, what are we gonna, how are we gonna hide the creature? Eventually there's a whole episode where Miles, like, steals a car and goes on the run with the creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets caught, and his parents are like, to punish you, we're gonna make you work at the aquarium. <laughs> I forgot about the aquarium. <laughs> it's a huge part of the second half of the show. His smiles at the aquarium and he's working for like a marine biologist who's like, oh, I want to learn more about the creatures because there's more creatures like young ones starting to like breach the mm-hmm. land um, and they, you know, are killing animals and stuff and people and like eating them. Um, and they do a Jaws thing where they're like, we're going to put a reward for anyone who can kill the creatures. Um, and at one point there's an amazing scene. <laughs> They do the evil dies tonight mob from Halloween Kills. They, well, they do that twice, actually. Yeah, yeah. The they first do evil time, dies tonight twice. It's just like 40 guys with like guns and like, they're, they're like rednecks, but they're like rich rednecks. Yeah, you know? exactly. And there's a bunch of like the little baby creatures like coming to shore and there's like 50 of them swimming in and they're just guys lined around on like a dock on the shore with guns pointed into the water, just like, boom, 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 just firing So away. funny. But then, um... They get overpowered by the creatures. Yeah, they it lose. Turns out they're very, they're very resilient. Uh, <laughs> Nim gets killed at one point and then comes back to life the next so episode. So Nim, at one point, uh, because it's it's et, it is still et at this point. They do the thing where like uh, Nim is getting sick. So like because he has a psychic connection with Miles, Miles is getting really sick, mm-hmm. and he's getting Nim's powers. Yeah. Um. So Miles is in the hospital, and then Nim comes to see him in the hospital. Nim is the creature. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Comes to see him at the hospital and heals him. And then Nim runs out of the room. And then a cop just shows up and is like, freeze, freeze. And Drop he like, the weapon. <laughs> he fucking blasts the creature. Just like puts, just fires, empties his clip into yeah. the fucking lizard. Um, but that was our first indication when Nim shows up, find the next episode, that these creatures are really resilient. So they, they take all those gunshots and they just start like massacring all these like you know uh, rich rednecks with guns and um we mentioned that like the animations on nim proper are like really well done like a lot of different articulations and variety and what he can do and all of that uh when you have to have like 50 of him on screen <laughs> a little less so it reminds me a lot of that that like iconic video of like a, a, a spanish like children's youtube <laughs> video where it's like you know yeah if you haven't we'll post this on the twitter if you haven't seen it before but it really is pollo pollo yeah they just all have the exact same walk cycle which is like you know very cute little poses waddling up the shore yeah they're they're very silly uh they're they're cute enough on their own the big ones are even cuter the big ones are adorable i do i kind of wish we see a lot of them but i wish we saw more they're big fucking wide guys and we love them (laughs) um but yeah, it's like, you know, the town is growing like more gripped by like the fear of these water monsters. And uh, the fear of Miles, because Miles has powers mm-hmm. uh, and eventually he goes back to school. Um, and like one of the bullies who had been picking on him earlier in the season, he just like grabs him by the throat and electrocutes him. Yeah. And like burns his face. Um, yeah. And like after that, then we get the second evil dies tonight, Bob, who like yes. show up at miles's family's house that are just like we want to kill your freak son yeah can he can he hang out yeah it and is kind of like it's it's kind of like the the original Brightburn is miles's arc yeah <laughs> uh what if what if a lizard was an evil little boy there's uh there's like an amazing little like sequence in that second evil dies tonight um uh, uh scene 
where it's like first there are five guys uh, who just show up at the door and they're like, hey, can we kill your son, sir? <laughs> and then, you know, the, the dad's like, no. Yeah. And then you just see the background of the shot, like 10 more people running up and be like, hey, we heard someone out killing a son. Can we kill the son? <laughs> like way more extras show up in the scene all of a sudden. Yeah, like every time it cuts back to the mob, there's like five more guys. <laughs> <laughs> to go kill a 14-year-old. Yeah, it's just like, oh, there's not much going on in this But again, town. it's such a weird dynamic because, like, there is no question of, like, he has powers. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's a freak. He has fucking electricity powers. It's more like, he beat up my son. <laughs> yeah, and, like, Agent Lee is aware of him, but, like, kind of tries to grab him for, like, two episodes and then... His, his guys in the field get out Fox and it's just like, yeah, all right, that's fine. Yeah, Agent Lee, they have no fucking idea what Agent Lee was doing at any point in, no, in this they, show. They keep going back and forth on whether he's a scary man in black or whether he's sympathetic. There's like a scene where he's like having some tender moments with a really hot deaf lady and like showing her his like scary ocean flower. And she's like, it's beautiful. And it's like, yes, you're right. It is beautiful. <laughs> like you. <laughs> Uh, oh, and, and Miles has a um, a girlfriend as well oh, in this part of the show. Oh, I this was this. this was fat. So the mm. the daughter of like the aquarium guy becomes really interested in Miles, and they have sort of a romance. It was a little confusing for us because Miles also has an older sister, played by a pre gossip girl, Leighton Meester. That's right. Um, and the sister and the girlfriend look exactly the same. Like, exactly the same, to the extent that there were seeds where we didn't know who he was talking to they're, until, like, there was context. They're both, like, the archetypal, like, really skinny, brown, long hair, uh, like, straight brown, long hair, a uh, uh, hot teenage girl uh, who wears, like, tiny shorts in the mid-2000s. There's, yeah. like, five million of these, and they were just like, oh, it can't hurt to have two on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, there were multiple scenes where, like, um, the older sister starts out as being very mean and bitchy to Miles, but, like, very predictably, she softens by the midpoint of the show. Yeah. And there were entire scenes where we would just sort of be like, okay, which one is talking to Miles right now? Let's wait and see if she does anything overtly sexual. <laughs> that's like the only way you can tell which one is on yeah. screen they um also this that just remembered also late in the show they they added a title sequence with like three <laughs> three episodes to go yes. um i just i just remember that because initially it's just like they do a lost thing basically where it's just like surface will appear on screen after the cold open mm-hmm. but then they do a thing where like the word surface really big will like scroll all the way across the screen but inside the letters is like scenes from the show and then they do a thing where it does that but then also the word just appears like normal after that but then they go back in the finale they were they were trying out so many different combinations and you know that they were just like all right guys here's some great news we've settled on which one of these we're going to use in the second season (laughs) womp womp oh man uh but yeah, yeah. Finale time? Yeah, let's talk about the finale because it has a big... We, as we were going to the finale, we were like, what the fuck is going to happen? Like, what's the big lost cliffhanger going to be? And it turns out that what it is is the creatures underwater have, like, caused a tectonic plate to shift that has caused a huge tsunami that's going to uh, wipe out the eastern seaboard, which is at this point where all of the characters are. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole... Last episode involves the characters like running, you know, trying to get to safety, trying to find each other. There's a really bizarre. <laughs> oh, the bike thief? The, yeah, yeah. So if you remember at the end of Invasion, how they just introduced a new character in the last like 30 minutes 
to like be the inciting incident for the finale. Yeah. The big twist. They do that here too, where the girl, Miles's girlfriend, um, uh, he or hurt, sister. Or, <laughs> it's, it's really unclear. So actually, let, it's let me the go, girlfriend. Yeah. It is the girlfriend, but let me go back because the reason it's unclear is initially as Miles's family is packing, getting ready to evacuate. Um, a like shadowy figure in a black hoodie walks past the garage and the dad is like, I don't like the look of that character, um, <laughs> which is a very normal thing for someone to say. Um, but then later, uh, Miles's girlfriend goes to their house after they've already left on her Vespa and that guy shows up and takes the Vespa and there's a chase that ensues, which is really great because the Vespa is very slow. So she just like at teenage girl running speed is very easily keeping pace and he doesn't get away until he pushes her down and she hits her head on a rock. Yeah. So like Miles was on a boat safely, but he learns like, Oh wait, where's, where's my girlfriend? I think Caitlin is her name. Yeah. Um, I need to go back to save her. Um, so he does that. And so now he's going to be in danger. Um, and then Laura was out of town, but then she's like back in town because uh, Rich, who's been captured by, by the conspiracy, right. has like a really long, slow, awkward fight with a guard and then ends up in the exact same position yeah, he was in he's, before. He's in like locked in a sealed like glass box, basically. Yeah. And then he like goads a guard into coming in and has a slow fight scene with him. And then the guard tries to pull a gun, but Rich just pushes him out. And closes the door behind him. So the fight scene accomplishes nothing. He yeah. just stays in the glass box. Maybe he gets a phone off the guard, but we really have no way to confirm we that he could, didn't already have the tell phone. If he had it before or after. Yeah, but he just like calls up Laura. She has a very cute little like adventure and game on I'm in a glass box. Can you come get me? I'm in some kind of facility. I'm underground or something. This Can you track my cell Paul phone? W.S. Anderson shit. <laughs> could you do could you track cell phones in 2005? We have that technology. Yeah. Um yeah, so she comes down and tries to, like, look at various computer displays and figure out where he is. It's, it's a very cute little adventure game thing, honestly, it is. right? By, by the way, I don't want to gloss over, even though the show does. Mm-hmm. In this facility, earlier on, Rich is attacked <laughs> by a talking monkey woman. Yeah, just, like, uh, uh, approaching what he thinks is, like, a crying little girl. And then it turns out to be, like... Yeah. A monkey, an ape of some kind that can like mimic the voice of a crying human girl. And I have to say, they show the creatures a lot, like the lizards, like the undersea creatures. Mm-hmm. They studiously avoid making, yeah. the, making this monkey creature visible on screen uh, in a way that's like, man, they must have had some like leftover costume they were using that was not good. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's never fucking explained. There is so much shit in, like, the back half of this show. I mean, you, you can tell that what they're trying to do is, like, something similar to, you know, people, even people who didn't watch Lost would just, like, constantly be like, oh, you watched Lost? Like, what, what was the deal with the polar bear? Yeah. Because, like, the, just the fact that there was a polar bear there was, like, so out of place and, and striking, right? So they're trying to go for the same thing, I feel like, but that doesn't work when it's like episode 12 <laughs> and it's like, the show's already not yeah. a phenomenon, you know? <laughs> Literally. Well, that's, that is the thing, right? Is like a key element of Lost Likes, I think, is like, they think that what Lost was doing was defining its mysteries very poorly in a way that people were really compelled by and that people were like hooked in by the vagueness of what was going on. It's like, oh, I can't wait for them to explain this and no more. But Lost, like, defined the dimensions of its mystery really clearly. 
they defined what the stakes of everything were, like what the nature of everything was, uh, in, in a way that was very, very uh, clear. Uh, and that is what compelled people. What Lost yeah. did not do was just have an episode where Charlie is attacked by a monkey man, and then they just say, see you in season two. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, they, that's not what Lost was doing, but it is like the, the shallow view of what Lost is. You know, you come away thinking like, oh, we're just fucking throwing some random bullshit and people mm-hmm. will want to keep watching because they'll want to know what it means. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Esther said this to her as like the start of our, you know, uh, uh, exploration of the show. But it's just like, well, what is actually compelling you to keep watching? Like, if it is just literally the premise that you don't know some things, right? That like, oh, I, I guess I couldn't like get, write a book report about these creatures. Um, I guess I got to keep watching so I can write the book report. But it's like, there's there's no sense of like the stakes. It, it gets very just sort of gradually revealed over time that like they might be a threat to like ocean wildlife and plate tectonics and it might be the new like apex species because they can make it onto land that's the thing like the stakes of the show for a while are entirely like will laura get credit for discovering the creature yeah and like will miles hide his new pet lizard and it's not until the very end that it becomes a question of like will the monsters destroy our world (laughs) (laughs) which again it's it's genuinely really funny that like as the season progresses Half of it is about, like, these monsters are an existential threat, and how can we even begin to stop them? And the other half is like, ooh, the little monster has a second power. Let's learn more about that. <laughs> it really is just, like, it feels like they they needed, in the same way that Invasion needed, like, a big hook to, like, please pick us up for season two, it feels like what happens in this finale with the tsunami and the creatures, like, yeah. coming onto land feels like you gotta pick us up for season two like obviously people are gonna watch and there is like a huge set piece where like the uh i think it's wilmington north Carolina. sorry yeah. wilmington north carolina uh, <laughs> is what our version said um where like the wilmington but it rhymes with reggaeton <laughs> <laughs> like laura and rich finally intersect with miles and the girlfriend who are all trying to evacuate at the same time but the city's abandoned and they can't get out because the car runs out of gas so they just go hide in a church as the tsunami hits and they come out onto like Mm -hmm. the church spire and they see the flooded you know city below them and laura says it is a new world (laughs) in the weird way that she loves to do i'm so glad the show went out on what her saying a very typically weird thing in a weird way yeah um but that's the big season two hook is like well some parts of the world are flooded and there's there's creatures in that dang water. Question mark? Yeah, you just imagine the NBC producer looking at that flooded town and just being like, so when she says it is a new world, does this mean that every episode of season two will have this type of budget? So how do we get them to land? We need to get, how do we get them back to yeah. normal? Like something we could shoot on a set? <laughs> like maybe just at someone's house? Yeah, it's, I'm not seeing a lot of Vancouver here. <laughs> I'm seeing the characters of Surface on the streets of Toronto, and we'll call it New York City. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where the show ends. Never to be followed up on. Yeah. Uh, no webisodes, no comic book. Nope. Not even, like, the, the, the creators being like, here's what we would have done for season two. They teased it. Yeah. But, you know. They no. basically just mentioned that that, like, Alger Kessler guy was going to show up and be, like, you know, the, the main villain of season two. But that's yeah. it. Um. So yeah, that's where we. So why don't we talk about those guys at this point? Now that we've kind of gone over what the show is, the creators, yeah, Josh and Jonas Pate. Uh, 
Yes, uh, if it is like pate or something like that, apologies. <laughs> um, it is, it is pate. I am munching on you at the party. Esther. Like pate. Esther. Like pate. Listen, uh, I apologize. Did I get that wrong? Taking accountability for Esther's sexual... No, you're right, but I'm just doing a bit here. Pate. Yeah. What is pate made of? Pig meat. Okay, Esther. Well, I'm just saying... Can we get can we get serious here for a second? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Josh and Jonas, delicious, tasty pate. Um, the two brothers who created a show. Um, I mean, frankly, they're they as much as they made a better show overall, with like some really great lead performances and with like some charming moments, much more than invasion. Um, they don't have the juice of a Sean Cassidy. They are not freaks. They are not weirdos with like really obvious pathologies. They are just like Spielberg fans who like you look at the rest of their career and it becomes kind of clear what they are, right? Like they made a couple of movies that nobody watched. They made one show before this, which was a USA Network supernatural spy comedy show called G versus E, later changed to Good versus Evil. Yeah, just in case you didn't get like, what yeah. the fuck is G versus E? Although speaking of, um, why don't we talk about m versus d i don't get it miami versus denver welcome to episode two (laughs) she was going to drop this on me at some point and i told her just to do it whenever she feels like floating it's the smash mcdouble baby we had the parade today the denver nuggets are nba champions can you drop the skip bayless audio into here let's go it's a parade inside my city yeah and I'm going to drop every Nick Wright clip in here. I'm going to drop every Kendrick Perkins clip in here. You motherfuckers who were so wrong. We were saying for years, as soon as the Denver Nuggets get healthy, you don't want to see us when we're healthy. You don't want to see us when we're healthy. And you know what? We got healthy and we won a fucking championship the first year. I'm so happy for you, Esther. Thank you. I was having a fucking heart attack. Yeah. Game five. We recorded, we're recording this right now on what, like... The 15th. This shit isn't coming out for another two weeks, but we knew that we had to record it early as we could so that Esther would still be basking in the high. I'm wearing one of my Nuggets shirts right now. I've barely taken it off since since game five. I'm being totally honest. Um, I just... Esther's hygiene is getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's got the magic. I don't know what to tell you. We are starting a Patreon not for the show, but just to like (laughs) maintain Esther's basic health. (laughs) Oh man, no! I couldn't be fucking happier. They fucking yeah. dominated. They're just so—they're just so they good. Did. They proved everyone wrong. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world. Fucking every doubter, every hater. Fuck, you're done. You quit your jobs. Retire. It's you, over. Did you see fucking Nick Wright just sort of slip Jokic into his top <laughs> his twenty top players? Top twenty of all time, where he previously had Luca. By the way, who hasn't done fucking shit? That sucks. What a loser! Yeah. Loser. Um, this is what it's been like to live with Esther for the last couple of days. And That's I love fucking her so much. Right. And you know, and, and, and you know what? We're going to, we're going to win three more. That's what I think of thinking of the next three in a row. No one's ever done a four Pete. So that's what, that's what the Denver really? Nuggets are going to do. What about the, uh, Bell Russell that Celtics? didn't, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. In the modern NBA. In the modern, go. Bill Russell played against plumbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we love Jokic. Uh, we love how annoyed he is with, like, media obligations and shit. Um, although, it was genuinely very charming to me that he ended up liking the parade. Yeah, he got on the parade and he said, uh, I know I said I didn't want to come to the parade, but 
Now I fucking love the parade. <laughs> I think that he should go back to Serbia and just be like, guys, could we have parades? I want to, I, we should do some parades. Because he has horses. Yeah. He should have, he should he have every day. He's going to ride his horses in a new parade. Sambor, Serbia will have a thriving new industry <laughs> of you know, just like a Jokic parade every day. <sighs> this has been episode two of the Smash McDonald's. Love you, Lester. I love you too. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so they had that one forgotten show. Uh, I had never heard of it. I imagine that even fewer people have heard of it than have heard of Surface. <laughs> um, but then, like, yeah, after Surface got canned, they mostly just were, like, journeymen, reliable hands on, like, yeah. other people's TV shows. Um, it's kind of funny. It usually happens in reverse that, like, yeah. guys who, um, or women, uh, <laughs> who are, like, you know, just, just journeymen guys who do episodes of prestige television or even not prestige television, mm-hmm. eventually they have the industry connections to, like, get their own show. These guys had a show in 2005, and they had another one that no one's ever fucking heard of. Mm-hmm. And then they just went back to just kind of directing, like, mostly separately, too. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's Jonas weird. did stuff for, like, Caprica and, like, Battlestar Galactica, Blood and Chrome, whatever that might be. That's one of the many, like, every year Battlestar Galactica would have, like, a TV movie that was, like, in this one. We're explaining we're showing the real Battlestar Galactica. I, I, I don't know enough yeah. about it, but it felt like that's those were the ads I would see. Yeah, for like, sure. We will reveal the real the Galactica. <laughs> Josh had a one-season primetime soap called Blood and Oil starring Don Johnson, uh, but that, again, was, like, even more forgotten than Surface perhaps is. Um, the two of them have a show right now, which is, like, it's a teen drama, so mm, not their strengths, mm-hmm. um, about, like, a treasure hunt... It's called The Outer Banks. It's on Netflix, and it somehow has four seasons, which, like, what the fuck? Four seasons on Netflix is pretty impressive, No, to be that's honest. insane. Like, you have to imagine it's one of those things where it's just, like, they forgot that that's a line item on their expense report. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. they're just like, okay, well, we can keep putting up episodes and we have, like, the upload link. Yeah. So we'll just keep doing that until they, ne- they realize we're on their platform. Yeah, Netflix just produces too much shit that it's very easy to just be like... We, you and I could go up to Netflix and be like, hey, you remember you told us... You know how in Mad Men... Uh, mm-hmm. Don gets the job at Sterling Cooper because he just lies and says that Roger hired him the previous day. Yeah. We should do that at Netflix and be like, hey, Ted Sarandos, remember, like, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. we could make a show and he'd be like, well, yeah, I guess that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, like, not a very distinguished career otherwise. It's, I think that the Pate brothers are fundamentally a case study in what happens when you give auteur showrunner status to guys who are journeymen exactly you know yep um it, i mean it's, it's very similar to what we see uh as well with like a lot of like mcu stuff at this point where it's like they will they will take people who they made like one movie that people sort of like that sundance yeah. and then be like okay now have 250 million dollars worth of an effects budget yeah. uh, and we're going to like send a guy to bounce basketballs off of your head every day when you're on set <laughs> we're, we're just gonna have like a bunch of our Disney guys just show up and just like call you gay every time you try to make a creative decision. But it's, they, they really clearly believed in the show because when we read some interviews with them Mm -hmm. and you know, there's a quote, I mean, there's a quote from Jonas Pate, like shortly after the show got canceled, he said, 
NBC never seemed to understand that Surface was a family action adventure show. Like no, no. They kept trying to sell it as a B-movie horror show, The Creature from the Deep. A good example of the disconnect is the fact that Nim, our little digital sea monster, was never featured in any promo. If it had been up to us, he would have been front and center. And that is kind of crazy. Like, Nim is a mm-hmm. huge part of the show. They put him in a title sequence a lot. Yeah, he's you know? all over the... Like, he's a basically a main character. Mascot, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, it is kind of bizarre that they wouldn't advertise what is basically half of what the show is. Mm-hmm. Um, very strange. So, like, I just sympathize with them from that perspective. Because if I, you can't put Nim in any of the promos, you can't put Miles in any of the promos. Yeah. So it's just about, like, you know, what is the mystery of the scary monsters? Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, it, it is clear that they believed in it, that they were excited for a second season. Um, but again, these these aren't guys who have, like, some kind of weird, singular drive behind them. You know, they, they seem to have landed on their feet. Good for them. Um but I, I do believe them, I think, when they say that, like, the studio mismarket or the, the channel mismarketed things for them. Um, I'm not sure their route would have been better, because, uh, again, the CGI is, like, good for 2005, but, like, it still looks rough <laughs> when you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, There's also the the Regal Theatre's promotion as an example yes. of how bad they were fucked by marketing. So the show was originally called uh, Fathom. Mm-hmm. So they, and they did a tie-in with Regal Entertainment, like the movie theaters, uh, where like, you know, they had all these promotion materials, like they had posters and carpets and uh, popcorn bags and stuff like that that yeah. had the show advertising it as Fathom. And unfortunately, uh, they did that uh, well after the series had been renamed Surface. <laughs> Yeah. So that advertising campaign had zero, must have had zero effect on the show whatsoever. Real miscalculation. Fathom. Fathom. Yeah. So like, you know, you can, you can sympathize with them in that regard that like, again, their show had nine and a half million viewers in its finale. It wasn't like people were just like tuning out more and more week after week. Yep. Uh, people still liked watching it, but just like, I think what's crazy about this one is that not only was there, like, no outcry when it was canceled, because um, this was starting to be the era of, like, people being like, bring this show back at once, network. Yeah. They do kind of, in the interviews, they kind of, like, suggest that there was a fan campaign, but we couldn't find any evidence of no, that whatsoever. not at all. No, it's... it's no change.org petitions. No, they did not send eggs, monster eggs, to the, to the studio or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they would have sent... They did not run them over with a car mimicking Dr. <laughs> Alexander Serko's iconic death. Um, and, like, honestly, when we looked up information about Invasion, we saw that it came up on a lot of these, like, list of shows that were canceled too soon. Surface? Kind of no. No. It's, like, it's a better show, again. We we really liked parts of it, but, like, this just seems completely fucking forgotten. Not canceled too soon, canceled right on time, according to yeah. most viewers. No one seemed to care about it. Which is a shame. Now we'll never learn, like, whether uh, Agent Lee is a clone or old or both. <laughs> we'll never learn the identity of Kessler. Uh, you, they must have, maybe they were hoping they would get some, like, really cool actor for Kessler. Oh, he, no, we, we saw Kessler a couple times. What? I have to imagine. There's a couple scenes where Agent Lee is just, like, in, like, a greenhouse with oh, a guy right. whose face is never shown. But he delivers these like monologues where he's just like, you know what you have to do, Lee. But but that is a situation where they're like, we're not showing his face so that we can get a real actor for season two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, very, very stand-in type situation. That guy is not in the IMDb credits. No. <laughs> uh, we were not able to find any mention of him. Um, but yeah, like they... Man, 
shit sucks. <laughs> it's not good. It's I mean, it, Surface is on the whole quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, quite a bit better than Invasion. In, we were we were know. pissed off at Invasion. Like uh, Surface again. The the Miles plot sucks. Um, so many scenes just sort of end randomly. Like so a lot of that. characters kind of act like, oh man, I wish I was filming any scene except this one right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like again, there's endearing stuff. We like Laura. We like Rich. We like Nim, honestly. Yeah, it's cute. Um, and you know, it gets kind of entertainingly off the rails towards the end. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I would not have minded to see a second season of this. Yeah, of, you know? of the two shows we've watched so far, I would have. I, yeah. I would have been happy to see Laura and Rich again because they're fun. They have fun chemistry. Yeah. The, the, the joke that I was telling Esther uh, while we were preparing for this episode is that just like eventually we're going to like assemble our own Lost Alike show that just plucks the best characters from all <laughs> these. So like so far we have uh, Lake Bell as Laura Daughtry and Evan Peters as uh, Jesse Verone. That's right. So those are our two leads. We'll see who's going to be rounding out the cast later on. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else? I think we pretty much did it. I think we're good. All right. Well, this has been the Lost Broadcast. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, thank you so much for li- <laughs> thank you so much for listening to episode one because that yeah. had like a really big response. No, we were expecting like a couple dozen people to listen to this. Yeah, and like we we were just like really bowled over with how many people told us they loved it and like are excited to hear more. And I hope you are still excited to hear more after hearing episode mm-hmm. two. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And here's the thing. Um, we've mentioned that we're going to do these like three inaugural Lost Alikes. So episode three is going to be about Threshold. But after that, it's like we might go chronologically, but like there's just a lot that are sort of in that vague period of the mid to late 2010s. So if there's one that people particularly want, just hit us up. We might prioritize that one over the others. You can find us on Twitter at Lost Broadcasts. You can send us an email at thelostbroadcasts at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, tell us what you thought. Tell us what you thought about Surface, honestly. We would, we're interested if there are people who remember watching this show. Yeah. There were definitely people who remembered watching Invasion. For sure. Maybe not this one. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's where to find us. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.